1: It's obvious. I'm John Verhoeven, and I was a cop back in the 80s in Sydney. And I'm Paul Verhoeven, John's son. I'm an author and I wrote two books about Dad's time as a cop. The first five seasons of Loose Unit spanned my time in general duties, forensics, my time as a firefighter, and even my stint running a funeral home.
0: This season, we're visiting the locations of Australia's most notorious, baffling, horrific crimes and looking at what happened there.
1: From Snowtown to the family, from the Morehouse murders to haunted highways. This season of Loose Units is your go to guide to the worst crimes in Australian true crime history. Welcome to Loose Units, The Shadow Files.
0: Hello, and welcome to Loose Units, The Shadow Files. Last week, Dad and I were looking at the Gilgo Four, the women who were found along Gilgo Beach and whose remains have triggered this three-part investigation into this case. Now, Dad and I are currently looking at a document from the County Court of Suffolk County uh, in the state of New York. It's the people of the state of New York against a man called Rex A. Hewerman. Now, this case is ongoing. We are obviously not going to uh, lay claim as to any... Like definitive proof or anything like that, but this is the bail documentation which has been arraigned against Rex A. Human, and I'm going to read the charges, Dad, if I may.
1: Mm. Excellent.
0: Defendant Rex A. Human stands before this court charged by the grand jury with... He stands charged with murder in the first degree of Melissa Bartholomew, murder in the first degree of Megan Waterman, murder in the first degree of Amber Costello, murder in the first degree of... murder in the second degree of Melissa Bartholomew, Murder in the Second Degree of Megan Waterman and Murder in the Second Degree of Amber Costello. Obviously, there are several victims that aren't on this list right now. Uh, last week, we were going through the list of victims uh, in this case. And I believe that after the search for the Gilgo Four, the weather changed and the uh, the police basically said they needed to wait a bit longer. And then as they continued their search that spring, they continued to find bodies uh, including the bodies of a uh, Jane Doe, there was a body of a toddler found. There was a body of an Asian man found. The toddler's mother was found. And Dad, you're claiming that these bodies were not uh, victims of the Long Island serial killer. Is that correct? Based on the
1: evidence we have before us, based on the opinions by police, FBI, etc., because the MOs that we're not privy to mm-hmm. would would all differ. Okay, so. Okay. You know, the Asian male was, in fact, a a transsexual found in female clothing. Uh, The baby's completely just, it's bizarre Um, because Paul, our our serial killer, we don't own him, but, Mm -hmm. you know, based on what we know, he, assuming it's a male, has a very, very, very particular M.O., doesn't he, in terms of the, the body type, for example. And a
0: specific type, yes. Yes, yes absolutely. Yeah.
1: Um, so, we do have a suspect, but I was watching quite a bit of um, media coverage over the weekend <clears throat> with Christine to get a sense of, of what's happening in America. Mm-hmm. And like the famous Lindy Chamberlain case with the dingo the the public the court of public opinion uh you know believed that lindy chamberlain was in fact a reincarnation of the devil's daughter because of her black eyes i mean it's it's so bad i watched some american talk back about this particular suspect Mm -hmm. and these were some really high profile professional people and i was quite frankly Ashamed, and it brought bile out of my stomach into oh, my God, mouth. Oh, God, why? Because the opinions and the the shite that they go on with, it's so... You know, they, they dissect every single look, every word. They put themselves on a pedestal, and it's embarrassing. And I thought to myself, Paul, I I'm proud to say... That we do tend to, you know, be restrained. So Paul, um, you know, it was very, very disappointing. I I just sat there and it was it was like sort of prime time television, but it was the it was a race to the bottom. And wow. they were laughing and it was just such it was like a circus. And this is a really serious matter. Yeah. And I very, very much again, it's a real problem in our Society today to get a fair trial. Now, the, you know, a lot of this case hinges on DNA evidence. And now the authorities in America are starting to say they might not have enough evidence
0: with the DNA. Okay. Well, before we get to the DNA, and that is Mm. a very, frankly, chilling point because we are dealing with the, uh, with the, ...accusation towards a man called Rex A. Hulman. and a couple of minutes back we were reading from his bail documentation. I'm gonna continue because after the charges which were brought against him, which is three charges of murder in the first and three charges of murder in the second... I'm gonna keep reading. As described below, based on the serious heinous nature of these serial murders, the planning and forethought that went into these crimes the strength of the people's case, the length of incarceration the defendant faces upon conviction, the extended period of time that this defendant was able to avoid apprehension, his recent searches for sadistic materials, child pornography, images of the victims and their relatives, counter-surveillance conducted online as to the criminal investigation, his use of fictitious names, burner email and cell phone accounts, and his access to and history of possessing firearms, the only means to ensure defendant Rexa Humans' return to court, is to remand him without bail. Now, the document then talks through the discovery of uh, the victims, and as detailed, back in December 2010, that police officer that we talked about a couple of episodes back, John Malia, was with his canine uh, partner, whose name was Blue, and they were doing a uh, exercise along Ocean Parkway and Gilgo Beach, and that's where they found um, all the different remains. Now, the document has a fairly detailed map of where the bodies were found. It's that stretch of highway, Dad, that we've been talking about a fair bit, and... These uh, bodies were referred to as the Gilgo Four. Now, I've scanned through the document. I've read the document, but I've read the document and I, I there was a part here that gave me pause. And this, I think, is where Rex Heumann's, uh where the case against him, starts to really ramp up. So if we start looking at the murder of Amber Costello, right? Mm-hmm. Last week, you and I were talking about Amber. She was the one working as the sex worker and she had that sort of con going, you know, where she would have uh, the guy come into the room... And say that she was the uh, they were the boyfriend. Do you remember this one? Mm. Mm. Okay, so I'm going to read here from the section of the de- bail document that deals with the uh, disappearance and murder of Amber. According to witnesses, around the time of these communications between the burner cell phone and the Costello phone on September one to two, 2010, a prostitution client showed up at Miss Costello's residence located in West Babylon, New York. After the client entered the home, a ruse was executed on the client, whereby a person pretended to be the outraged boyfriend of Amber Costello and the client left from the residence, while Amber Costello retained the money the client had bought to pay for her services. Based upon the interviews, the client was described as a large white male, approximately 6'4 to 6'6 in height in his mid-40s with dark, pushy hair and, I quote, big, oval-style 1970s-type eyeglasses. A witness described him to police as appearing like an ogre. Furthermore, a witness noticed a first-generation Chevrolet avalanche parked in the driveway of the residence. Now, if I go back here to the footnote after the glasses, the footnote says, This mirrors the physical attributes of defendant Rex A. Heumann, who is a large, white male, approximately 6'4 in height, in excess of 240 pounds in weight, with dark, bushy hair, who wears large eyeglasses, and who was 46 years old when Amber Costello went missing. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this, Dad? Paul, it's, it
1: sounds like a lay-down doesn't it? What, what do you mean? It's, you know, in card games, you just throw the winning hand in, and everyone else <laughs> goes, oh, and all their shoulders drop, and they're all sad, and they all go home. Right. It just seems like, it seems so obvious. Yes, but you know that's we can't say in this I mean how many people are in the world? I mean lots, there are lots of people on this planet. Yes. How many times have you been walking down the street with Tegan in Melbourne and seen someone mm-hmm. that you that looks very similar to someone that you know and you almost feel like stopping them and sometimes, and Christine will attest to this, I've actually gone up to people and said, you're such and such. Christine says, no, they're not. Please don't make a fool of yourself again. I do I do that quite often. Do you have facial blindness or something? Like, what's going on? Paul, I just... I have a... I, I'm, I'm good with faces, Christine. <laughs> I don't think you are. I think that's okay, the problem. <laughs> that's, yeah, okay. Well, that, that's... You could be right. Okay. It sounds like it's the guy. Okay. okay. But... Yes. But... But... What this does in actual fact, sadly, it highlights gross police negligence. How so? Because it was not investigated at the time properly. The the FBI, when they found the first bodies, bearing in mind that this event that you've just mentioned in the house with Uh the client... You may recall last week what happened was the the the, the client yep. got in touch with Ms. Costello on and, a burner phone and yep. said mm-hmm. because she she had the money and he says to her
0: you owe me. Actually, the what he said was so this was at one18 a.m. Uh, on September the second, and so okay, so just just quickly. A burner phone was used to liaise with Miss Costello. Can
1: you explain right? to the listeners what a burner phone is?
0: A burner phone's just you just you buy a prepaid SIM. It's a it's a, it's not connected to your name. It's basically just a, and you ditch it when you're done, right? Yeah. It Doesn't have any ties to you mm. at all. It's a totally prepaid phone, right? Yeah. So, a burner phone is used now. This that's not in. If you are a Regular schmo who's looking to cheat on your wife, uh, getting a burner phone does not necessarily signal murderous intent. It might just mean you don't want to get caught, right? Paul, that- the problem is not the problem,
1: yep. but you know this. This the person that has committed these heinous crimes made some blunders. It's not. Mm. I, 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 we've often discussed: is it possible to commit the perfect crime? Yes. Well, there are lots of murder victims in Australia, for example, are uh, buried out at sea, you know, in refrigerators, in shallow graves. That's a fact. And we may never get to unearth the true story behind you. We may never find these people. Yeah. So, in essence, what people have done is commit a perfect crime, being that they've never been caught for it. Mm -hmm. But... In this particular case, he used his credit card as well, Paul. He may have used burner phones, but he bought them with his American Express card. Right. So fucking that's bizarre. Problem. Yeah. That's problematic. That is. Let's. Yeah. You know, it's there are so many things, but Paul, I have gone through this case in such detail to the point of borderline sort of obsession. And yes, it appears to be a very, very strong case against a particular person. However, uh-huh. it's it's only circumstantial. It's not, you know, it's there's, there's so much that is incredibly... It's not a slam dunk.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's... can I timeline wise? I actually feel like it's worth continuing just very quickly. So from mm. the text, which said, and I quote, "That was not nice." So do I. Sick credit for next time. Mm. What a sick man when it's in brackets. I don't know what that means. Mm. Uh, basically, what he's asking for is, uh, you know, uh, next t- I paid for this next time you, you owe me, pretty much, right? Which turned out to be the next night. Yeah, so they've tracked where the phone was when it called. It was in Massapequa Park. Um, and then, and I'm going to read from the, uh, from the documents here. According to a witness, later the next day on September 2, 2010, Miss Costello was again contacted by the same client that was in the house the night before with the avalanche. That's the car we talked about before. Mm. Further, and I quote, Amber told us that he wanted to see her again, but he didn't want to come back to the house because of her boyfriend. Now, as we established, there was a bit of a con going on and that was why he was driven out in the first place. So, at about 9.32 that night, so on September the 2nd, the same burner phone which we've been talking about uh, calls Amber Costello's phone and then... uh, Apparently, it was pinged in Midtown Manhattan. Mm. And then it gets pinged again in Massapequa Park. And there's multiple calls going on from that point on. And then Amber leaves her phone in the apartment, right? Heads mm. out the door of her um of her hotel. And, and I quote, Shortly after Miss Costello left the house, a witness observed a dark-coloured truck past the house, specifically coming from the direction Amber had walked towards. Now, again, that is all just witness statements. There's nothing concrete. But I believe... One of the things that uh, would have uh, helped Rex A. Human, the suspect in this case, would be uh, they basically cross-checked and they found out that his wife had left the country mm-hmm. uh, for Iceland. Mm-hmm. So on July the eighth, she left, and on August the eighteenth, she came back, which means she was away during the disappearances. The wife, due to some you know
1: good good police work on the QT. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> because they can't afford to let anyone know what's going on when you're doing sort of a covert operation. They established that Huyman's wife on every single occasion was either overseas or interstate. So, okay, and which is really important, not so important at this juncture. It becomes very important later on because there's a particular piece of physical evidence found on one of the bodies. And that's all I'm going to say at this stage. But it's fucking insane.
0: Okay, so what they did is they got his credit card statements and they got his phone records... And according to one of the footnotes, neither cellular telephone billing records nor travel-slash-financial records could be obtained for Defendant human's wife for 2007, as such records were no longer available due to retention policies. Therefore, it is undetermined at this time Defendant Human's wife was travelling out of state during the time of Maureen Brainard Barnes' di- disappearance and murder. Mm. So they can't lock away that piece of circumstantial evidence um, for all of the victims, but they can for most of the victims. But they used... Humans and I'm saying human because I think that's how his name is pronounced. They're using his uh, records for his Amex and for his cell phone. And in each case, they have found that uh, his car was being used and his phone was being used in and around the approximate area of where the women were disappearing, right? Mm. And if you recall, there were a couple of voicemails that were left for, um, in one case, the sister of the victim, which were taunting phone calls. Now, if they were done with a burner... Um, obviously there's no way to kind of track that. So, yeah, it's... God, it's so tricky. As we discovered with the uh, Serial podcast and with the case of Adnan Sayed, pinging cell towers is not an exact science, especially right. when you're doing it a couple of decades in arrears, mm-hmm. right? I mean, this is back in 2009, 2010.
1: It's very, very important at this juncture to not fall into the trap of deciding whether the suspect in custody yeah. is guilty. It's um, it's very important that we present the facts. Um, one of the facts that I would like to come back to that is on the record is that the police at the time did not investigate this properly. And the Attorney General for that area in 2022 when he was elected he made it a one of his promises to reopen and investigate the case properly because at the time back in 2010 the FBI volunteered their services to the police department the police department for reasons that we don't know, perhaps it was ego, which wouldn't surprise me, knowing, you know, various police forces, they like to sort of, you know, they they kind of feel as though it's a sign of weakness or that they're not at, up, to, up to it if they bring in bodies like the FBI. But the FBI has got so much, you know, talent and access to... Departments and experts, scientists that your standard police department does not have direct access to. Now, this offer of help by the FBI in 2010 in relation to the bodies that had been found on that stretch of beach, the police knocked it back at the time. Now, Paul, another little fact that is deeply buried in this whole story that I found, and again, you're reading, I've read a lot of material on this case. That particular stretch of road where the bodies were found and police to this day believe up to three serial killers were working that area because it's so good, it's so safe if you're a murderer to stop in the middle of nowhere at 2 in the morning, turn your car lights off, drag body already deceased, wrapped across into the, the bush...
0: Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: But you have to pay to get into that area. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Unless you're a resident. Now, I'm not sure whether that's just during the day, but it's an interesting thing too. That would also add to the point of why it was also done at night time if you were not a resident, although the suspect at the moment clearly is a resident of that area. So he would have had access day and night. He may have well... Look, he, he was born and bred in that area. The house that he was living in up until two weeks ago, three weeks ago, was his father's house and you I think you could do a, a whole segment of a podcast just
0: on the vibe you get when you look at the house but that's down the track I mean we talk about circumstantial evidence the I mean vibes definitely fit in that in that realm but I want to just quickly reel back to the cell phones okay mm. so Human's office, because he was an architect uh, at that point, his office was at 19 West 36th Street in New York. And I'm looking at maps here. And there is a cell tower right near, uh, which is located at 19 West 34th Street, which is 872 feet from uh, Human's office, right? Hmm. So what they've done is they've basically tried to link up the calls from the burners towards these women with uh, that cell tower in proximity to his office. And it all lines up pretty well. Um, it all lines up very well. Obviously there's no proof here because they're fucking burners, but then they've gone through and they've tried to figure out, because if you pay for a burner phone, it's like, how do you pay for it? So they got a subpoena and they revealed that he's made Google Pay payments to uh, Tinder, which in and of itself is not, I mean, it's a dating it's a dating app. It's not in and of itself incriminating, but he set up fake profiles and those profiles are linked to burner burner cell phone accounts right? Hmm. So he creates a fake profile on a dating site with uh, different uh, different email addresses like springfieldman9 at aol.com uh, with a fictitious name of John Springfield. Apparently that person who doesn't exist is from Astoria, Queens, New York. And then he attaches a burner cell phone to those fake email accounts. So the legal team gets in touch with Verizon and they pull records and they find out that he's used his his cell phone, his actual cell phone, to access uh, these burner accounts, Mm -hmm. right? And so then they start kind of backtracking and what they find, they follow back and they find that he's used one of these burner accounts uh, and a fake email address, thork080672 at gmail.com, which is referred to in these documents as Thork email account. And the reason it's referred to so comprehensively is because that account is attached to a different Burner cell phone account and those two accounts are used to search for things on Google and the list here of things they search for it's uh, torture porn, it's rape, it's pedophilia it's very specific graphic stuff and it's all... it's bad, it's snuff film bad so basically that's... Jesus Christ and then... and then there's another list of things that it was used to search for I'm going to read these because these aren't, um... God, sorry. I'm Just some of the stuff on this list of things that yeah, he searched for using this burner account is... It's, it's, it's serial killer stuff. But then if you go through the list of other things he looked for... Why could law enforcement not trace the calls made by the Long Island serial killer? Why hasn't the Long Island serial killer been caught? Long Island serial killer... Uh, Long Island serial killer updates... Unsolved serial killer cases... Eight terrifying active serial killers we can't find... And then the names of the victims, right? Uh, cops launch Gilgo Beach homicide investigations task force. So they've linked him to a burner account, right? Mm. And then the burner account is searching for. Uh, I mean, Dad, this is fucking damning stuff. I mean, this is this is damning stuff. And then here's the most damning part: they do a search warrant on this Springfield man nine AOL account, which I mentioned, and they find selfies of the defendant. Yeah, yeah. That to me is—I mean—and—and and the selfies are the ones that you've probably seen in the press. If you've gone uh, and looked up Rex Hillman, Uh there's a selfie of him in a bathroom. Uh, he's clearly dyed his hair. He's wearing a button-up, sh- a blue button-up shirt. Uh, that AOL account, which they've got the selfies on, is also linked to uh, one of the burner cell phones. Mm, it's fascinating, isn't it? It seems pretty damning to me. I mean, mm. DNA or not, they've got. I think they've got. I. Th- what did you call it? The something Mazare? What did you call it before? Oh, lay down Messaire. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I mean it does it certainly does seem that way. Oh, it... I mean they've got they've literally got surveillance from a from a cell phone store in Manhattan where humans coming in to purchase more minutes for his burner phones. They've got from multiple angles. Uh, they've they've plugged into his AOL mm. account and then used that to jump across to other burner accounts. Mm. Um, but in summary it says here when analyzing the usage of all devices and accounts used by Defendant human there appears to be a clear pattern wherein human used burner phones and burner-slash-junk email addresses to 1. to contact sex workers and sex partners. Two, to conduct extensive searches related to sex and prostitution, violence, sadistic, and child pornography. And three, seek online information about the authorities investigating his crimes. These burner cell phones and email accounts with fictitious identities were used in an effort to conceal humans' true identity, conceal his criminal activity, unlawfully proposition sex workers, and attempt to monitor the investigation of his crimes. Mm. Obviously, this isn't DNA, Dad, but it's pretty I agree
1: with you. Um... Now, here is a uh, salutary lesson or story for everyone listening. And that is that nothing you do on the internet is private. Mm. If you delete your history, it means jack shit. Okay? The word privacy is an anathema in the 21st century. It doesn't exist. This case is proof. When you read the information that Paul and I have managed to dig up, it's very, very interesting. But if you are a serial killer or a would-be serial killer or rapist, murderer, look, something... If you're into sort of... ...doing or going to do something really, really bad... ...it's a double-edged sword... ...the information that's available on the internet... ...because you can also use that information... ...to arm you... ...but in this particular case... ...our suspect has used the internet... ...to kind of find out... ...where the police are up to in their search... ...and he's almost asking the question... ...why haven't Mm. I been caught? It's so fascinating... This particular character that we're dealing with he his mind he's clearly got a relatively high IQ.
0: I don't know about that. Well, he's an architect. I don't know about well, that. You don't
1: go to university and become an architect for shits and giggles. It's a pretty hard course. I don't course. know. Have you
0: seen some that have you seen some of the modern architecture in Melbourne? I really I look, like I... modern architecture in <laughs> Melbourne it's fucking I terrible it. it's, absolutely it's subjective awful. dad dad in the 50s uh when the olympics were happening they basically tore down most of uh, melbourne's classic architecture. there's a great documentary about it at the moment listen forget forget dad forget all that stuff i want to quickly uh, bounce onto dna just very very quickly mm. just to kind of give you an idea of what sort of things the investigators were doing at this point so they found a male hare um, on the bottom of the straps used to hold Megan Waterman's body, because when they found her, she was bound up. Right, so they find a male hair, yeah. and they want to get a DNA sample from from human to kind of do a cross check. So what they do, and this is absolutely, this is absolutely <laughs> crazy. They they're surveilling him, right? They're surveilling human. They're watching him. And they see him throw out a pizza box into a garbage can uh, in Manhattan. So, a public garbage can. It's located uh, in front of 385th 5th Avenue in Manhattan. I've got a photo of the garbage can here. They grab the pizza box. They send it to the crime lab. And they swab the leftovers. Right? Paul. Then, Paul, Dear Paul. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Mate, before you go on. Yeah. We need to mention... That the police had to get 300 subpoenas prepared to, to start to really get into the, to, to bury into this, or burrow into this guy's life. But do you know how they had to go and do you know what the process was for them to get the 300 subpoenas? They had to impanel a Supreme Court jury. They had to impanel a jury on the QT because they knew that the suspect that is now in custody was on to them. So it made it incredibly complicated. Imagine the tight ship they needed to get permission. You don't just go out and just grab DNA willy-nilly from garbage bins. And have people under surveillance. You, particularly in America, you need permission. Yeah. So this, the 300 subpoenas—it's it's extraordinary the lengths they've gone to. And I think it's oh, I wasn't no, i know I wasn't
0: assuming there was some dirty Harry oh, no. bullshit going on with the pizza, right? No, 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 no. Know. I just think
1: it's. But it's good to know that yeah. the what goes it's on behind it, the yeah. scenes. And they were acting very, very quickly because they knew that he. I'm saying he, probably should say he, she, but at this stage, person in custody, they knew that he, the potential offender, was onto them. Because they're, 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 he, will, he would have been under surveillance that was extraordinary. It's 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 amazing. I, I have had friends of mine in the New South Wales Police Force, one in particular that did mm. that. Remember the, the, the close-up surveillance he did where he could actually be... At an airport next to a murderer or a potential murderer, and he'd be actually looking at his ticket where he was going. That's how close they'd get to them. It's what? Yes, I don't. Yeah. Know. You, haven't, you haven't mentioned this. No, before. but uh, for for another podcast. But
0: no, hang on. Give us a give us more info now. What are you talking about?
1: Well, a very very dear friend of mine, and you yeah. know him well. He worked deep cover. We're talking the scary stuff, and hang on. He to- I know this person, yeah. do yeah. I? And he told, told Christina myself one day that a case that he was working on that was really heavy. He actually had to approach the particular person who was a known psychopath and murderer, and he actually oh had God. to get right stand right next to him at an international airport and actually. Basically look at his ticket to see where he was going, what flight he was boarding. That is an example of hardcore, very dangerous, scary surveillance where you are standing right next to the person. You can't get closer. He could have kissed him, which would not have gone down well.
0: No. But that's, Um, yeah, I mean, so they, they, they get permission and... You know, they knew... So they don't just... Yeah, the pizza the pizza box stuff is not... It's not a whim. It is the end result of a long chain of permissions that they've gotten. Because the fact is, if they did a DNA thing without permission... It's not admissible. They don't want to give humans, lawyers, any any way of weaseling out of it on a technicality. Because it's, it's too important. So listen, when they arrest him, which is uh, on the 13th of July this year... This shit is recent, folks. As many of you know, this is recent. So on the 13th of July this year... Rex, a human, gets arrested by the Suffolk County Police. They're searching him, and on his person, so while they're frisking him, as they arrest him, they find a burner cell phone, and it is the phone that is linked to the Thork email account I mentioned, uh, which was used for the searches, not just onto child pornography, rape, and torture, but also uh, checking in on the progress of the case. So, if he gets convicted, and this is what's happening right now, if he gets convicted... He gets multiple life sentences, no chance of parole, and the courts are recommending um, bail, uh, remand without bail, hmm. basically, because they're saying he's, he's just too dangerous to have out there. And the document, which we've been using uh, to refer to, is signed by Raymond A. Turney. Raymond A. Turney? That's... District Attorney? That's funny. No, it's... This is real. Yeah, no, it's funny. Raymond A. T-I-E-N-E. Oh, tanny, Sorry, folks. Tanny. I'm not... Yeah, Raymond A. Tierney. I'm not trying to make jokes here. I'm just enjoying a little bit of wordplay. The fact is, this uh, document's dated July 14th, 2023. This is so fresh. Dad, you mentioned during this episode of the podcast, somewhat concerningly, you said it might fall apart based on the DNA. Yeah. What are you talking about?
1: They, they're using... Look, they don't have a lot of DNA evidence... The, the, the DNA evidence is not 100%. It's 9998 That's okay. That can still, if you're a good defence lawyer, you can introduce doubt. That's all you have to do.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: and it comes back also that there are going to be people listening and people in the broader community when I say, how is he going to get a fair trial? There are going to be people out there that are just going to say, who cares? Well... We, we need that. That's one of the pillars of our society. Um, I know that if you scratch the surface of any society, particularly, look, it's a veneer of sort of everything's okay, but then when you get sort of a bit, when you get into the murky depths, it becomes pretty insane. And, mm. you know, that's one of the problems I have with the media, some of the media, is that they set themselves up to be holier than thou. Nothing shits me more than a journalist. That that kind of almost adopts this godlike, you know, like sort of they're very judgmental. That's why I I'm acutely aware when we do these podcasts to try and be relatively impartial. It's not we don't have a guilty verdict yet, okay. And even when you get yeah. a guilty verdict, we know historically. That juries get it wrong too. Um, so look, it, it, it's kind of early days. Uh, there's going to be some. Big-
0: we're not. Yeah. We're not saying he's guilty. No. We're just stating what we've got, and again, referring to the um, to the bail documentation seems like a smart way to go. But I'm going to quote here quickly uh, as we close out from a piece from Forbes couple of days ago. Some 2,500 document pages and hundreds of hours of surveillance footage were turned over by prosecutors Tuesday in the first court appearance by Gilgo Beach serial killer suspect Rex Heuermann, according to multiple reports in a case that has galvanized the nation. Prosecutors gave Heuermann's lawyer and a Suffolk County Supreme Court justice terabytes of evidence, including two and a half thousand document pages, autopsy reports, photos and video footage taken at the suspect's home, adding even more evidence to an investigation that began around 2010 over the discovered remains of several bodies. Suffolk County District Attorney Ray Tierney, I'm saying his name properly this time, said in a news conference after the pretrial hearing Tuesday that the evidence has amounted to about 13 years of investigation according to the Associated Press, noting evidence that has continued to materialize because the probe into human's alleged connection to the bodies has yet to end. The evidence in the case against Human includes mitochondrial DNA and nuclear DNA, according to Tierney. Human is pleaded not guilty, which include three counts, blah, 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 blah. Human who did not speak during the hearing, is also a suspect in the death of a fourth woman who disappeared in 2007, and later had her remains discovered near that of the other women. About 100 people attended, Dad, uh, including family members, and the hearing went for about 10 minutes. So this is really, really fresh. It's literally happening right now. And obviously, to be very, very careful and just to be completely clear. We're not saying he did it, we're just laying out the things that we have been told and the evidence that we've found and the accounts that we have read. But we are not saying he's guilty because the fact is it is up to the court to decide that. Uh, It's so intensely fucked. It's such a horrifying case. It's very scary and it all happened because it. you know, we... When I say it all happened, I mean that we stumbled across this because we both came across it in various forms. It's it's all over the news right now. Um, We'll keep you updated as it develops. But frankly, Dad, it's really upsetting. I mean, I'd like to. How are you feeling about this? Well, I'd like
1: to talk next week about the actual evidence found on the bodies and get right into that.
0: Okay. Well, it's been another deeply disturbing episode of loose units the shadow files but i just wanted to say thank you everybody for listening we've uh, again it's been a really interesting complex case and going through actual court documents has made things very clear and very upsetting in equal measure so thank you for listening we'll be back at the tail end of this week with a brand new episode of loose ends but in the meantime please do head across to the loose units facebook group the discussion group that we have over on the Book, and we will uh, check in Answer your questions and, uh, yeah, generally catch up. Thank you so much for listening, everybody, and we will see you very, very soon for more loose units. Bye, everyone. Cheerio. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum.